1200 presents the Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey, a weekly trip around the OHL. Now, let's put on the elbow pads and talk hockey. Welcome to another edition of the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. And can't believe it's already here, a playoff edition of the Buzz on Junior Hockey. We're going to do a preview of all of the series that are either currently underway or have yet to get started. But this is the greatest time of year. Coming up later in the program, we'll have Ryan Payette from Sun Media and the London Free Press, and we'll tackle the Western Conference and talk about some of the great teams, including the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and, of course, Connor McDavid and the Erie Otters. Those two teams are the favorites in the West, but we'll talk about all of the matchups, potential upsets, and what to look for when you're watching the Western Conference playoffs in the Ontario Hockey League. We'll bring in color voice of the Ottawa 67s right here on TSN 1200, Kenny Walls. And we'll look at the Ottawa 67s against the Niagara Ice Dogs. And also, of course, across the Eastern Conference with some great teams and some great Ottawa connections in the playoffs. When you look to the very top of the standings, you see... The Oshawa Generals, well, Tobias Lindbergh, fourth-round pick of the Ottawa Senators. You see the Barry Colts, the number two seed. Ben Harper traded from Guelph to Barry earlier in the season, also a fourth-round pick of the Ottawa Senators. And, of course, Nick Paul, another pick that came over in the Jason Spezza trade, playing for the North Bay Battalion. Nick Paul is one of the guys on the Senators' radar. So those three guys will, we will be watching and, of course, focus in on the home team. And let's give you a little bit of a sense of what this playoff series is like. I mean, coming into this playoff series, you had two teams. Home ice made a big, big difference. Ottawa finished 25-6-3 and over the 34 games at home at TD Place this year. 13-19, 1-1. On the road and the Niagara Ice Dogs, it's almost exactly the same. 24-8-2 at home, 13-19-0-2 on the road. So we'll see how much home ice plays into this series. Niagara went out and got Brandon Hope, one of the best acquisitions of the year, all the way back in November and have been on a tear ever since. Uh, just because, of course, they are the number 5C doesn't mean they're not one of the best teams right now in the Ontario Hockey League, and we know that already, don't we? So uh, this is going to be, a, hopefully for Ottawa's sake, a long, drawn-out series, and uh, they might have a chance to be back. And we'll talk more about the Ottawa 67s. And one of the things that hit me upon the week, and we heard a lot of interviews leading up to game one that happened yesterday and uh, Jeff Brown was on Tigor and Pat Higgins was on in the box general manager and we ended up learning a lot so I want to just take you back a little bit and hear from Jeff Brown who was nominated for coach of the year one of the six finalists in the Ontario Hockey League in his very first year he gets his team back into the playoffs and at first the boys asked him about just the ups and downs of the season and the rocky road that is the Ontario Hockey League. Well after 0-4 it didn't look uh, I remember Easty and I thinking boy what did we get ourselves into here <laughs> but uh, you know what we got a lot of character and I think that's what's changed things here is uh, 
guys just pulling together, playing for playing hard for one another, and and buying into the team game. And uh, you know, it's it's been a great run. I guess we've had uh, since that 0-4 start. We've had some great ups and obviously some downs too. Um, we're not. We're we're not maybe in the same breath as those top top teams, but uh, but we're certainly competitive. And and when we play a team game, we can compete with those guys. So anything can happen. Come playoff time, you get goaltending, you get good special teams, uh, individual efforts. I mean, look what the Senators are doing now. It's uh, it's it's pretty impressive. I think a lot of us were thinking what was going on zero and four to start the season, but what a turnaround! One of the things that I think Jeff Brown did along the way here was say, "This is how I'm going to coach." And this is how you're going to play. And if you're not going to fit into it, then you're not going to play. And I think one of the best things that happened during this year was a lot of the guys who are offensive and they have so many great aspects to their games and they wanted to play a certain way and they didn't want to play the same way the coach wanted to play and the coach shot them down. And what happened was a lot of the third and fourth liners ended up taking those power play times, those penalty killing times, the first and second line ice time on the team, and they still continued to win. And that put the coach in a great position because those guys then had to follow suit. And everybody seemed to buy in after that. And look what this team was able to accomplish throughout the regular season. JR and Steve also asked Coach Jeff Brown what kind of player that he looks for when he's a coach because every coach wants a certain type of player. And here was his answer. Well, exactly, and I'm a hockey brain guy. Um, can you play hockey? Are you a hockey player, or do you, or you just play hockey? Right? There's, uh, I want hockey players. I want guys that live it. I want guys that uh, that see it. I want I want guys that when you play four on four and you're playing around, that nobody's the harder worker on the team than than that guy. The guy that just loves the game, that sees the game. Um, the rest of it you can teach, right? You can teach skating. You can teach shooting, and and that kind of thing. Um, obviously it's nice to have size along with, with a hockey brain. Um, but, um, you can't teach a hockey brain and, and that's first and foremost what I look for. Sometimes it seems so simple, but if you play hockey or you're a hockey player and there is a big difference, at least for Jeff Brown, former national hockey leaguer behind the bench for the Ottawa 67s. And of course I had the privilege of being down at most games this year at home at TD Place. And you know we'll talk to Kenny Walls here in a few moments. But one of the most animated coaches on the bench ever. Very hard on his players, very emotional during a game. And usually you would find Jeff Brown singing the praises of his team when they didn't play so well. And maybe when they're winning games. I remember at the end of a six-game win streak, he was saying, how poorly the team was playing and that they were going to go nowhere if they continued to play this way. Uh, Jeff Brown is one of a kind, but he's done such a magnificent job. He and Mike Eastwood and kudos to Pat Higgins, who we'll hear from in just a moment about putting Jeff Brown in place uh, once they needed a new head coach. And finally, the boys in the morning asked the coach how he prepares his players for the best time of year, the playoffs. Everything ramps up, right? But at the same time, it's still a game, right? They dress 20, we dress 20, and uh, we can't change our game. We just got to hopefully get a lot of energy in that building going and and use it to our advantage. But uh, we don't want to change our game. We can't change our game. We're going to have to continue to to try and play strong defensively and and capitalize on our opportunities. Well, Jeff Brown's team finishes 38-29. 
25, 4 and 1. And a couple of the real big notes on this team was how good they were throughout the year. Consistently good for this team. And one of the things that led to that was the same message over and over from the coaching staff. So we thank Tigor for letting us use some of the Jeff Brown audio and also earlier this week, general manager of the Ottawa 67s, Pat Higgins, joined Steve Lloyd and Todd White in the box. And we talked about how this team, for a couple of years, out at the Canadian Tire Centre, home away from home, they didn't really have a permanent home, and it led to a couple of years where they traded a lot of their top-end talent got in some draft picks and had to retool and didn't have the best couple of years out at the Canadian Tire Center, but they got back to TD Place. And one of the aspects that Pat Higgins and Jeff Brown asked the team to focus on was goals against and penalty minutes. Well, this team gave up 88 less goals than they did last year when they had overage goalie Trudeau, who was sensational at times, and it could have been a lot worse. So 88 goals, a big difference, and they also became the least penalized team in the league. And the boys asked Pat Higgins about the turnaround in both of those areas. Well, both are something that we discussed a lot, and uh, I was away on the weekend, and I was uh, sitting with Warren Reichel. We were just finished the OHL Cup, and we were down in Michigan at at Ann Arbor, and... um, we were just out having a beer, actually, and talking hockey as usual. And I was saying, you know, when you're not the top team, that you cannot take penalties because if the team you're playing against is already better than you, there's, you have no chance if you're putting them on, on the power play for four or five times a game. And so our goal was to, you know, never mind undisciplined penalties, but, you know, offensive penalties. There's just so many, unless you're actually stopping a goal, there's no real reason for you to take a penalty. Either you stop moving your feet or you you stop moving your brain, you're not thinking, and, and you're becoming lazy, and there's reasons for that. Your shifts are too long. There's just a whole bunch of bad habits creep in when the team takes too many penalties, and that was one of our goals from the very beginning of the year. And, and Jeff is a very disciplined coach. Like He knew what he wanted going in, and, and the great thing was it, it, that he instilled it right from day one, and it wasn't up for debate. So, you know, the kids, you either learn or you don't play, and the kids love to play, so I think that they, they were quick learners. Pat Higgins, general manager, has been around the team for so long, but now officially the GM. And there's more pressure, of course, when it comes to being the guy who has to make the decisions. And you look at some of the moves that he had to make this year. And he brings in Curtis Meehan. He brings in Evan DeHaan back in his hometown. He brings in Trent Millett and Adam Kravich. And he also trades Eric Bradford to the Owen Sound attack to get a couple of big draft picks back there. There's been a lot of moves so far for the general manager, Pat Higgins, and all of it combined with the head coaching of Jeff Brown and the general manager, Pat Higgins, to have this team back in the playoffs, and that is a very, very good thing. When we come back here on the Buzz on Junior Hockey, we're going to bring in color voice of the Ottawa 67's Kenny Walls and talk about the rest of this series, Niagara and Ottawa and also break down the rest of the Eastern Conference playoffs when the Buzz on Junior Hockey returns here on TSN 1200. 
You're listening to Ottawa's one and only junior hockey show. Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. And pleasure to be joined by the color voice of the Ottawa 67s right here on TSN 1200, Mr. Kenny Walls. Kenny, you made it through an entire season. I did. First yes. time this well, year. It's been it's been good. Yeah, hasn't it though? You come at the right time because this 67s team looks like a different team than they have the last a couple of years. Uh, we'll talk about the year the playoff series with Niagara in a moment, but uh, just the Eastern Conference and some of the matchups I mentioned off the top that I think some of the things that fans in this area can look for if they're not watching the 67s and the Niagara Ice Dogs, of course. Tobias Lindbergh plays for the Oshawa Generals. Nick Paul, the North Bay Battalion. Ben Harper for the Barry Colts. And I just listed the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. Sens fans could have a lot to watch here in the playoff run. Yeah, they really will. And you got to think that those teams will be at least advancing to the second round, or at least two of the three should be advancing to the second round. And it'll be a great opportunity to see some of the prospects develop. And we saw Nick Paul last year in the run that the North Bay Battalion had on the way to the OHL championship and, and the run that they had and uh, just a great momentum builder for him and see if another uh, Sens prospect will be able to do it this year. Yeah, let's hope that it is a long run for a lot of those teams. Let's talk about the matchups. Uh, we'll start with the, the 1-8 and the Oshawa Generals and the Peterborough Peets, uh, a rivalry that's gone back a long, long way, but this year there's a big divide between the two teams. Well, there really is, and this Oshawa Generals team is a powerhouse. They've shown some chinks in their armor recently. The 15 straight weeks ranked at number one in the CHL dropped down to number three uh, for the final week of the regular season, and I think that's indicative of their play. They're prepping up for the playoffs. They haven't had a lot to play for in the recent weeks, so they've been kind of going through the motions of the end of the season, and I don't know whether we'll get a, a great 1-8 matchup, but I, I expect the Peets to throw a little bit more fight than people are expecting. This is a Generals team that struggled with the East Division all year long in the 68-game season. By my last count, they had 21 games where they allowed an opposing team at least one point. 15 of those were against the East Division. Mm. It is an impressive stat, and they struggled with the Peets, the Bulls, uh, the General, or the uh the Kingston Frontenacs and the 67s, those mm-hmm. were the teams that they really struggled with. So I think that the Peets can create some issues, but the Generals just so big, fast, strong, talented, it, it, it should be over in five games. Yeah, they have a real big team. Uh, a couple of guys, 6'6", six, six, another 6'5", six, a few 6'4", guys. And when you talk about high-end talent, of course, you know Michael Dell Cole's at the top of the list. There are many that are at the top of the list. But you go down to the 2-7 matchup, and I think... One of the surprises for me a little bit is how good the Barry Colts have been from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. They've had some young players and, of course, led by ex-Ottawa 67, Joe Blandese. And nominated for the OH, OA, oh, Overage Player of the Year, the Barry Colts representative for the Red Tilson Award as well, and he has put up uh, a great season. You know, the only issue with me for the Barry Colts is how disciplined they will be in the playoffs. They take a boatload of minor penalties, and that can cost you when it comes down to playoff time. They've been able to kill off a lot of them throughout the regular season, but in the playoffs, it's always a a different kind of matchup, and special teams so important. Will Dale Howarchuk be able to control that group enough to keep them out of the penalty box and on the playing surface because uh, they are among the most talented group 
Brendan Lemieux being out for the last little while has hurt them as well. But if he's healthy for the playoffs and if that top line of Mangiapane, LeBanc, and Blandizi continues to roll, they should absolutely steamroll through the first round. Tear in your eye with the Belleville Bulls? Maybe the last game here in the first round? It would maybe be a game four. It would be it would be terrible. It's uh, it's the end of an era. It's been around for the last ten years or so around the OHL, and just seeing the Bulls around and going to the Yardmen quite often. It, it's it's sad to see Belleville uh, exiting the league, and it'll be interesting to see what Hamilton does and what happens with the East Division as well. More cowbell. We never need, have enough cowbell. You can never have enough cowbell. A really interesting matchup here. North Bay, who doesn't score a ton. They're big, they're strong, they're physical, and a real good team. But now they're going up against a Kingston Frontenac team that got Sam Bennett back in the lineup. And I know Spencer Watson came back from injury. This is a different Frontenac team than it was in the middle of the year. It really is. And you look down the stretch, they were phenomenal. They, I think they lost two games in regulation, and they lost, or they sat out their best player. Sam Bennett did not play dress for either. Lawson Krause didn't play for one. Spencer Watson didn't play for another. The health of these guys is crucial. They've got the one big line that they can rely upon. They can div- divide it up. You've got Lute Yuho Lamico, who is a, a very good uh, center iceman, and he's adjusted to that position very well since coming over to Finland and, and has adjusted to the OHL game uh, phenomenally. And that's going to be a very interesting series uh, the addition of Sam Bennett just makes the Kingston Frontenacs an offensive threat again. They they were not all year long. They didn't allow many goals. And then he comes back in the lineup, and that just bumps everybody down into the spot where they should. And if they get Robert Policello back as well from uh, a nasty injury, I believe it was a broken jaw, that's going to be a big uh, addition as well. A number two center or number three center that you can go out there and put uh, can put up some points as well. Just a quick thought on a couple of players in that series and number one, Nick Paul, and what he has to do to kind of elevate like he did last year in the playoffs. And Lawson Kraus, who everybody talked about at the beginning of the year, maybe has fallen down a little bit, but still one of the best drafted, draft eligible players coming up here. Well, Nick Paul is just made for the playoffs in my opinion. He's that great two-way forward and, and he's a centerman he's loves to take draws he's uh, well regarded around the league for his face-off ability he loves competing in his own zone and you have to do that understand Butler and you have to be able to take care of your own zone and he does that when we saw him up in North Bay he was playing with Mike Amadio and those two were just dynamic and they can be dynamic uh, heading into the playoffs he's got a bigger body he's able to go to the net hard and Nick Paul I would expect to have another breakout playoffs and he's just it, it For me, he's that type of player that you need in the playoffs. He may not always help you get there, but he's the type of guy that you need in the playoffs. And same thing for Lawson Krause. He, he's a guy that I watched in his first ever OHL game or second OHL game, and in front of the net, he was being hounded by uh, Jesse Graham of the Niagara Ice Dogs at the time, and he just dropped his gloves and absolutely dummied him. And that was his second game as a 16-year-old in the OHL going up against a 19-year-old. He is a fearless competitor. He doesn't have that elite mean streak that you see out of a guy like Milan Lucic, but he gets pushed and he'll go there. And that's the type of guy that you need in the playoffs who's not going to get run over the edge. He's not going to take dumb penalties. He's a smart player. He is big. He is fast. He is strong. And playing on the wing with Sam Bennett or with Spencer Watson, whoever you want to put with him, he's going to be a a tough guy to handle in the playoffs. And uh, the North Bay Battalion may have the best defense or one of the best defenses in the league, and they may be able to contain them, though. For the Niagara Ice Dogs, I know they got Brandon Hope in November. They made some other changes. But what has made this team into a team that is one of, if not the best team, in the last three months in the Ontario Hockey League? Brandon Perlini. 
him returning from his hand injury that he suffered at the Arizona Coyotes camp. They've gone 29-10-2-2 in his return, and they have just gone on this phenomenal run. Brandon Hope, you mentioned, is a big factor as well. Since they acquired him, 35-14-2-2 in those games since acquiring Brandon Hope. And he hasn't played every one. They have Brent Moran, the Orleans native as well. But Moran, you look at his numbers, they're not phenomenal. They have not... For an NHL-drafted goaltender, he has not played up to the way that they had expected, so they went out and acquired uh, Brandon Hope, and he has provided the stability needed, allowed uh, Moran to develop more, a little more slowly, and uh, the defensive factor as well for Niagara. They don't play that defensive style of game, but they may have one of the best defenses in the entire OHL. You go down the list, uh, former first-rounders Andrew Hayden and Zach Wilkie, in the lineup, they may be their 5-6 defenseman. You have Alexander Mikulovic, who I think is an absolute beast. He hits hard, he skates, and the Russian import uh, does everything that you want. And then you may have their best three defensemen in Vince Dunn, Blake Siebenhaller, and I'm missing one, uh, Ryan Mantha. Those three are just phenomenal. They've they've really turned things around, but they don't play that defensive style of game. Mm-hmm. They rush, rush, rush. It's 67s of old where you want to outscore teams. Steven Aller, a 15th round pick in the Ontario Hockey League. Don't say that players don't get chances just because you're not a first round pick. And just finally, Kenny, you know, Monday, Wednesday going to be the games three and four of this series. And what has made Niagara so good at home? They're in a new home, almost like Ottawa is this year. To be honest with you, I don't know. It's a cookie-cutter rink. It's a very nice rink, but the Meridian Center is just like the SR Center in Sault Ste. Marie, mm-hmm. just like the WFCU Center in Windsor. It's it's a nice building, but it's generic. They haven't had the best fan support out there either. It's just a very good team. Uh, you look at their record at the beginning of the season in that building, and it was awful. When the 67s went in there for the first time, they were on their 2-13 and 13 run, and they just could not do a thing right. And they looked like one of the worst teams in the OHL, and since then they have turned things on. But I think it's just... Uh, the, like any other team, the advantage of home ice, getting your stick down last, the line changes, has made them a better home ice team. But it's not like at the Jack Gate Cliff Arena where you had the small <laughs> ice surface. You could you miss really, that rink, don't you? I, it, the rink itself I loved. <laughs> the, the press box, not so much. Not the so dressing much. room area, not so much. But the rink and yeah. the atmosphere, you couldn't find better in the O. All right, who do you have in the Ontario Hockey League championship coming out of each conference? In the championship, Sault Ste. Marie is just too good. I think they're a powerhouse team. I cannot... Any team that has Tim Gettinger as a 16-year-old and as a fourth-line player has my vote for uh, getting into it. And, and they're, they're going to face some challenges, especially from Erie in, in the Western Conference, but I think Sault Ste. Marie uh, will take it from there. And it, it's tough to go against the Oshawa Generals. The size will be a huge factor. They will be able to wear teams down, not only from a skill point of view, but just grinding teams down. And the 67s uh, saw that in spades when they came in here recently and just wore down the 67s, even though Ottawa won. They, they think they were bruised and battered coming out of that game, so it's tough to go against the Generals. Eric Lindros would be proud of your pick with Sault Ste. Marie and Oshawa. Kenny, thanks very much. Doing a great job in the series so far, and enjoy your time in Niagara next week. Thank you, Lee. There goes Kenny Walls, color voice of your Ottawa 67s. When we come back, we'll hear from Ryan Payette. From Sun Media, the London Free Press, and we'll break down the Western Conference when the playoff preview edition of the Buzz on Junior Hockey continues on TSN 1200. You're listening to Ottawa's one and only junior hockey show, Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the Buzz on Junior Hockey 
playoff edition here on TSN 1200. And if anybody listens to this program on a regular basis, and I know many of you do, it's a rhetorical question, folks, that when we make promises, we fulfill them. A few weeks ago, we said that we would have Ryan Payette from Sun Media and the London Free Press on before the playoffs to handicap the playoffs, and wouldn't you know, he's back again. Ryan, nice to talk to you. Again, yes. I know. I think last time I bugged you about how I hadn't been on in two years. I thought you forgot about me, but I'm glad to be back on for the second time this month. We promised a playoff preview, and who better to do it with than the guy who knows this league inside and out. And uh, before we get started here and looking at some of the playoff matches in particular, Ryan, that you know, this is one of those things that when you look at the regular season, has it unfolded the way that you thought that it would, where you know, kind of the rich get richer at the trade deadline, and it really has separated into about four or five teams? Yeah, I think even less than that. I think it's, I think the OHL is super predictable. I think junior hockey is fairly super predictable because that's what happens. You know, teams build for a year, they target a certain year, and then. You know they get there and then uh, they load. They got all their draft picks and young guys uh, loaded up and they uh, sell them off for veteran talent. And then th- those teams get better and they wipe everybody else out. And I think that's what we got this year. There's uh, we, we got Oshawa, Sault Ste. Marie, and Erie. And uh, you know I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be floored if any one of except uh, those three teams wins it. Well, you've just given it all away. We don't need to do a playoff preview anymore, I guess. Done, done, in the can. (laughs) Exactly. Now, how about, I call him your boy, but that's unfair because you cover the London Knights on a daily basis. But your boy, Mitch Marner, who is a projected, of course, top five pick at this year's NHL draft, losing the scoring race on the last day of the regular season to another projected top five pick, Dylan Strome. Yeah, and, and the top pick sat out. Uh, you know, I, I never thought I really give it to Dylan Strome because we heard all year about how you know this guy didn't need Connor McDavid. Uh, you know, he doesn't. They don't play on the same line. That's how good that team is uh, up front. Uh, uh, they didn't really need him to score points. And I said, come on. I said, so when the final weekend, you know, we we're kind of angling, saying, would Connor play? Would he sit out? Because he's been pretty busy this year, uh, and uh, with the World Juniors and all that. And I, I thought. You know, there's no way Dylan Strom's going to get five, six points with uh, Connor McDavid out. But, geez, he went out and did it. And, uh, you know, Mitch Martin, he had a great finishing kick. And uh, I don't want to say a 17-year-old choked away the title, but Mitch Marner, the, the big line uh, with Domi, Max Domi and, and Christian Dvorak did not score down the stretch. They, they, It'll be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs this week against Kitchener. But, uh they didn't score. Uh, Marner, Marner didn't even have a point a game until the last game. He got a couple of assists. And I talking to him after that game, he knew he, he knew that he didn't. He needed about a ten, twelve point cushion, I think, because uh, those other guys had like two games left and uh, two or three games left. And and he knew on the Friday night against Saginaw, he only got two assists in an eight-six win. You think with uh, the night scoring eight eight goals that Mitch Marner would have got? You know, points on about half of them because that's what he did for most of the year. But he 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 didn't get there, and you could see in his eyes that he knew uh, he, he knew he wasn't winning the scoring title. <laughs> All right. Well, since you brought it up, Brian, uh, let's talk about what I think is maybe the most intriguing matchup. There are a couple in the Western Conference. 
But the London Knights, who I think were the best team not named Sault Ste. Marie or Erie, of course, and you mentioned that top line who put up all kinds of crazy points, going to take on a Kitchener team that I didn't think would be here, but they went out and got Jake Patterson at the deadline, and many people kind of scratched their heads thinking, what are they doing? Well, they apparently knew exactly what they were doing because they moved all the way up to sixth place and going to be a formidable opponent here for the London Knights. Yeah, you know, the Kitchener Rangers, um, you, you know, they missed the playoffs last year. And, you know, kind of the rule in Kitchener is you better not suck for very long or uh, things are going to change. And so, um, they, you know, they, they had a look at the at the landscape and they're like, okay, Sue and Erie are better than everybody. But they, they saw themselves, they played enough games where the, the, the four teams in the middle, Guelph, Owen Sound, London, and, and themselves, they thought, you know what, we're, we're in this mix here. These teams are all kind of the same. They're, they're all about the same quality. And, um, and, and you know, what are we going to get to put us over the top? And, you know, they traded their best player, Justin Bailey, to the Sioux. You know, so the Sioux gets richer. And then, but, you know, then they, they kind of turn around and, and they, they stacked up their defense by getting uh, – they needed a goal heading. I mean, they weren't going anywhere with uh, – Without a great goalie, and they got the best one. They got the be- Jake Patterson should even be in this league this year. Uh, Detroit doesn't have room for him. You know the guy's played in two World Junior teams. He's an excellent goalie. He to me is the only goalie that can steal a series by himself. And uh, you know he goes to Kitchener, and and uh, yeah, no one wants to play Kitchener in the first round, and you know especially London doesn't want to play Kitchener. Nobody wants to play Kitchener. So you know that's a bad matchup for the Knights and. Uh, that that series in the Guelph One Sound series, the Guelph One Sound series, they played eight times this year, and five of the games were decided by one goal. And then there was a couple games. I think I want to say two more of them were were uh, two goals and then empty netters. So that's there was five. I think there was three or four shootouts in that one. That's going to be an incredible series too. But the London Kitchener one here, you got you got the two most successful franchises over the last decade and a half. You got the the two. Um, you know, rinks that that are the they got the highest attendance in the league, one and two. Uh, you, you know, how how could the eyes not be on 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 London Kitchen? You got Max Domi trying to score on Jake Patterson, and you got you got the Marner kid, and you got all Kitchener's young guys. Uh, it should be it should be pretty awesome. Hate to get off the beaten path here too much, but uh, do you expect the Knights coaching staff and management group to be in place exactly as they are next year, with all the rumors of? Maybe some of them, including Dale, going to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Dale does what he wants. I, I don't. I don't. I, you know, like the, I'll tell you the story when quickly about when uh, he went to Washington. You know, I asked him there in Brampton. Um, you know, that afternoon, the, the afternoon, and I said to him after the game, I said, "Are you going to Washington?" And he laughed, like he laughed. He said, "I'm not going to Washington." And you know, it was one of those things where I'm not going to Washington like right now. And I think after he got off the bus, and he was like, he got home. They got home to London, and then you know, through the through the night, I already got up at like four in the morning, went to the airport, and all of a sudden he's in Washington at uh, ten the next morning. So I, you know, I don't know. You know, Dale's a pretty quiet guy, and it's pretty hard to figure out. With, with the hunters, don't tell too many people uh, their next move. So. You know, we'll have to see how it shakes out. You know, what's going to happen with Dave Nonis? It all starts with what's going to happen with Dave Nonis. But I'll tell you this, Mark Hunter loves his brother as a coach. Uh, as much as people say Mark Hunter did an awesome job, and he did the year that the Knights went to the Schwinnigan Memorial Cup in 2012, he took over when Dale went to Washington. 
Um, Mark is convinced that Dale Hunter is an outstanding coach, so I think he'll be bugging him at every family dinner and every family get together. Um, if you know what, you know how to help the Leafs and stuff like that. Um, these guys grew up Leaf fans, and uh, it would be a big deal for them to be a part of the organization. Ryan Payette from Sun Media and the London Free Press here handicapping the first round of the Ontario Hockey League playoffs. Uh, I'll ask you both in the Sault Ste. Marie versus Saginaw, one versus eight, and then again, Erie versus Sarnia, two versus seven. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that nobody would predict Sarnia or Saginaw to win these series, let alone a game. But what do those two teams have to do to Sault Ste. Marie and Erie? I mean, to try and be at their best and get through this round unscathed. You know, uh, yeah, like I, when you're talking about those series, all I see is big giant steamrollers uh, go through my head. I mean, that's what's going to happen. These guys are going to, you just don't want to get hurt. I, I, I will, you know, I, I know not everybody wants to, my, my frame of reference is the Knights, right? So last year, the Knights are hosting Memorial Cup and they go to Windsor and they, they bomb Windsor for a straight. But Zach Bell breaks his leg uh, in the last game. Uh, Anthony Stolarz whacks Josh Hosang in the head with his goalie stick. Gets suspended for the entire. So you, you can't have that. You're going to have a tough second round. You, you know, you're going to have a, a tough second round matchup. You're going to have a tough third round matchup because you're playing each other. And you, it's almost like a war of attrition. You want to kind of get through with the healthiest number of bodies. Like London had no chance against Guelph last year. Once all their defense and their goalie went down, you know, they're they're done. And that's what. Um, Erie last year, uh, the goaltender got hurt uh, in the, in, I want to say, the second round uh, against the Sioux. And, and so when they got to Guelph, Guelph pounded them because, they, you know, their goalie was hurt. So, you know, any, anything can change. Connor McDavid gets hurt, the whole thing gets turned on its ear. So, um, you know, the Sioux is pretty deep and Oshawa is pretty deep. I, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm guessing, I'm saying those two teams have the most, most depth. They can overcome... Uh, injuries. I saw a Sioux team beat uh, they beat the Knights eight three, and they had like seven guys out uh, of the regulars, not like just seven guys like World Doom Darnell Nurse and Jared McCann and all these guys. Like they and they still steamrolled the Knights. So that's the third place team in the conference, a team that won forty games. And then they beat the Rangers too with a bunch of guys out. So it's like um, you, you know, like Saginaw and Sarnia are bumps in the road for these guys, but. You know, you got to get when when they have their match up there in the third round, uh, the, the Sioux and Erie. They got to you, you got to have uh, all your guys uh, rolling, and you got to have them healthy. That's important, especially teenagers. Guys get sick. Brady Austin had mono for the Knights last year. That that kills you for a month, and and you can't play. And that that kind of stuff pops up. The flu in the dressing room. These guys aren't pros yet, so it, you know it's it's hard. Uh, once one guy gets the flu, sometimes six do, and that could change the whole season. Is it fair to say, Ryan, that because I think London is the tweener team here, they're probably better than everybody else in the conference except for Erie and the Sioux, that whoever doesn't face London in the second round between the Otters and the Greyhounds has a major advantage? Yeah, you know, I think the, the London Knights, um, they can't kill penalties. They have, they have the worst pe- uh, penalty kill of, of any remaining team. Uh, only Windsor was worse, and they're, uh, you know, they just uh, let the air out of their ice. Uh, they're um, they're defying their ice. And I, I think uh, uh, what they've offset it with was the, the three big scores, and they got the second-best power. Erie has the best power play. London has the second-best power play. So, you know, you get in the playoffs, and power plays are huge. And so if, if you got undisciplined and you ran around and you took a bunch of penalties against the London Knights, you know, Marner, Max Domi, 
uh, Dvorak, Matt Rupert, they're all gonna they're gonna kill you. They get a couple power play goals and they might have a chance to win a game. So, and you know what, we, uh, one thing I'll talk about here is the goaltending. I, I don't see it as very strong in the league. I, I you know, I talked about Jake Patterson and Kitchener. I think he's the best goalie in the league. I, I think Parasini in Kingston is uh, up there second. And as some of these, so the the teams, the, the one thing I worry about these teams, and especially whoever gets to the Memorial Cup, I don't think. I would like them a lot better had they had Jake Patterson in their net. Okay, just to sum up, I don't think there's any doubt that you, I, and many think that Sault Ste. Marie and Erie will face off in the Western Conference Finals. Can you give us some you know, insight to, you mentioned the depth of the Greyhounds, but you know, Connor McDavid and, and Dylan Strom can change series single-handedly, those two kids. So you know, what would you look at when you're trying to Look at some of the things that would decide a series between those two teams. Well, yeah, I I, I want to see. So, can the Sioux? Oh, they got like ten, twenty goal scorers. Can they? You know, I always look at the offense. I, I know defense and goaltending wins championships, but you know, I grew up in an offensive era, and I love to see lots of goals. And that scoring race was awesome to me. Some people say, "Why are you talking about the scoring race? It's it, it doesn't matter." And I said, "Oh, this is awesome, guys with 120 points. So it's great." I remember, like in the NHL, there's a guy who's going to win the scoring title with like 95 points. It's, that's not enough. Let's get guys over 100. And uh, uh, you, you know, I, I think that's. I, I, where are the goals going to come from? Does Erie have enough on their third and fourth line? I'm not sure. You know, they got the, the Brinkett kid with 50 goals. I, I think that's awesome. They got uh, Rem, Remy and and Baptiste. Uh, you know, great pickups from from Belleville and Sudbury. You know, Remy Ellie knows how to win in the playoffs. I think he's going to have a big playoffs. And uh, don't draft don't draft him in our pool because I'm taking him. But I, 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 he's, <laughs> him and Baptiste are, are playing with. Uh, McDavid uh, most of the time, and and that's a real dynamic line. The, the Sioux just comes at you in waves, and uh, you, you know they got you know they got the better defense, and you know they they have um, they, they have more top to bottom scoring. So I think I think if the if the Sioux third and fourth lines, which you know have twenty goal scorers on it, if they can if they can offset uh, you know the damage McDavid and Stroman those guys can do. Uh, you know, I think they'll get through. If they can't, and they, I, I watched a series a couple of years ago where Plymouth Whalers were better than the London Knights, but Max Domi and Bo Horvat had like took over the series, and they were 17 years old, and they took over the series, and that that was a five-game London win, and that was in the Western Conference Final. And you know, that's when I when I think about the Sioux, that's what I worry about. If they if they can't stop McDavid and Stroman, these guys uh, could be trouble. So you like. Sault Ste. Marie in Oshawa with the Greyhounds coming out as OHL champion. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, I will never forget. I grew up in the Sioux, and I, I, I'll never forget Eric Lindros coming in uh, to the Sioux, and everyone was throwing soothers at him and calling him baby. And that was one of the greatest. That was, I was a young kid there. That was one of the greatest playoff memories uh, ever with seeing Lindros with the Oshawa Generals. Wouldn't go to the Sioux, refused to go to the Sioux, and, and he had to play to the Sioux in the finals, and the Sioux beat him. And uh, and Cherry Basson was the GM in the, in the Sioux at the time. Now he's Erie's GM. So I'm taking Erie, Erie, Erie Oshawa final. Uh, the Erie's going to get past the Sioux. The Sherry Basson, 75 year old magic, is going to come through. And then uh, and Connor McDavid's going to get crushed by uh, Oshawa because they they pound everybody and they play playoff hockey all year. Ryan Payette, not only thanks for your time here on the playoff preview show on the buzz on junior hockey but congratulations for finishing second once again in our ohl pool that we're going to do (laughs) 
Well, hopefully there's lots more money on the line. Ryan Payette, who loves the Oshawa Generals to win the Ontario Hockey League Championship. We'll be back with more on the Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. You're listening to Ottawa's one and only junior hockey show. Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. Well, quick final segment here on the playoff edition of the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. And time for a prediction for the Ontario Hockey League Championship. I like the North Bay Battalion once again coming out of the Eastern Conference. They're big, they're strong, they're physical, they know how to win. They did it last year, and the, most of their guys have that experience and were on the team last year. I think they're going to be able to get by the Oshawa Generals and get to the Ontario Hockey League Championship. And on the other side, I cannot doubt Connor McDavid and what he is able to do because this is a guy that you know is going to play a little bit more in the playoffs. This is going to be his last playoffs in the OHL before he becomes the first pick in the NHL and plays in the big leagues next year. And until you beat the best, I know the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds are very, very deep, but I like Erie over Sault Ste. Marie in a long series in the Western Conference Finals, and I like the Erie Otters to represent the Ontario Hockey League at the Memorial Cup. That's going to do it. Another playoff Preview edition of the Buzz on Junior Hockey. Enjoy all the games. We know some of them already underway. The rest are going to get started here very shortly. It's the best time of year. Playoff hockey. You've been listening to the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200.